Uh, how do you, you freaking legends? What are you doing here on this next storm video and or podcast if you're listening on Spotify? But what are you doing here? Oh, you want to you want to hear and see an interview I did with Steve Ozer from Mattel? Oh, well, that's exactly what you're gonna freaking get. I'll be honest, this is a great like talk, such a great interview. I'm so glad Steve was able to sit down and talk to me about a bunch of Mattel stuff, a bunch of figure stuff in general. And funny enough, uh, Steve Ozer was actually one of my goals in 2021 to get on this podcast and get on this interview. And so we've achieved that. And I've got a lot of other goals. Jeremy Padawa, one is, is something that comes to mind. He's a great person. You know, I really want to talk to him a lot about his uh, involvement with Jax and, and now with AEW and stuff like that. My damn toys, Trey, if you're listening, that's you, buddy, calling out your name. But yeah, let me know if you guys want anyone if, like on a, as a guest. You know, I can get those two on as a guest. But also let them know on social media that uh, the icon sent you. And without further ado, here is my chat with Steve Oza from Mattel. Hope you enjoy. Uh, g'day, ladies and gents. It is our next storm, the astray. Lee icon. And oh boy, howdy, I have a very special guest with me today. You guys know him. He is the global brand marketing manager at Mattel. He's most known for his work with the WWE and Mattel partnership, the mastermind behind the Ultimate Editions, Steve Ozier. Steve, how are you? Did I just give you that name now? <laughs> is that... What a what an intro. Oh, I'll take you. it. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. How about you? I'm great. I'm so glad, you know, you, you came on here to talk a, bit, a little bit about figures, a little about wrestling, everything like that. I'm glad you're here, man. Thanks for doing this. Very excited. Very excited. Always happy to talk, uh, talk action figures, talk WWE and everything in between. Yeah, awesome. Well, first off, let's get into it. So there's a bunch of topics to jump into. I feel like it's been crazy with the WWE Mattel partnership over like the past few months with like New Gen and now Ringside Fest and all the reveals that have been happening there. So we've got a bunch uh, to to jump into with that. But first, I want to start off with when did you first start watching wrestling? Like, what's your earliest memory? My earliest memory um, of an actual match, I think, is Hulk Hogan versus Killer Khan. Um, oh it, there was a house show. So my dad used to have one of those huge satellite dishes that would, you know, pick up stations from around the country. And at that time, WWE was kind of, you know, buying up uh, the territories pretty much or putting them out of business, uh, however you want to put it, uh, bringing in talent from territories um, all, all around the world, really. Um, so they were they were doing uh, local local TV in those markets, like their house shows, they were broadcasting house shows. Uh, in, in some cases, they were doing, you know, specific uh, syndicated shows that were catered towards it. So, you know, having that dish, I could see house shows from across the country, which was super cool. And the main event was Hulk versus Killer Khan and Killer Khan sprayed. And I'll never forget, Hogan had his hands taped up for the match. Hogan blocked the mist with the hand tape. And the mist was all over the hand, and he rubbed the the hand into the eyes of Killer Khan and, and blinded him. Um, so that's my first like match memory. Um, and then, of course, like getting into Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, the cartoon, and then discovering you know the the syndicated shows, Wrestling Challenge and Superstars. And I remember like a. a with Harley Race versus a jobber very vividly. Um, so yeah, very, very early days watching WWE with, with my dad and going to shows at the old Philadelphia Spectrum. So I, I can say that I'm a lifelong fan who's never fallen off the wagon of, of WWE and pro wrestling. 
Yeah, that's great to hear. So did you start collecting wrestling figures as well, like around that time or, or have you? Yeah, my first figures were the old LJN figures uh, for back in the day, of course. Um, and I had some of like the weird bootlegs, like I had a small, it was like Masters of the Universe style, but they were smaller of like Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. Um, so, you know, there were a lot of like Motu offshoots back then of, of, of wrestlers and various things, but really LJNs had the special place in my heart and I collected pretty deeply with LJNs and then eventually transitioned into to the Hasbro figures, of course. Yeah. Do you still have like some of those LJNs? Are they not, do. Not, looking, I have, not looking mint or are they mint? I, I'm looking down because I, I had the box here recently, but I think I moved it. But I have my original LJNs. They're in terrible condition. <laughs> but course. I mean, that's okay. I think almost yeah. all LJNs are in They're bad well condition. They're well loved. You know. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were very loved and meant to be played with and, and designed for, for bashing. I know a lot of kids like to bash figures um, <laughs> and made specifically for that. So, yeah, I, I do still have them. Yeah, great. Well, like you said, you've been a, like a kind of lifelong wrestling fan. So when did this job at Mattel first like present itself to you? And how, how was it just like, oh, it's a complete no brainer. Yeah, let's do it. Well, I mean, it's something that I really was focused on getting to and achieving. Um, I had been a retail manager and I had gone to school for computer science and, you know, uh, computer science wasn't really something for me that I wanted to do lifelong. So I went back to school and I went to school for business uh, with the goal of, I mean, you know, the pie in the sky goal would be to work on this brand at Mattel. Uh, but I mean, I would have been happy just, you know, doing something similar, another entertainment brand, another toy company, you know, something like that. Uh, but I mean, this, this would have been the ultimate goal. So really I focused on, you know, what it would take to make something like this happen. And fortunately for me being a fan of these things, I wasn't, wasn't just a fan of like the entertainment involved in WWE or the other things that I like, you know, superheroes and, and comic books and, you know, the whole nine yards, everything. It's like, anytime I like something, I wanted to know everything about how it worked, you know, oh, like, yeah, I'm like that as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the politics of the business and, you know, how the business works itself, like all that stuff. So I always tried to absorb as much as I could in every aspect. So I did that with the toy industry, did that with WWE, obviously did that with all these various businesses. Um, so I was just trying to learn as much as I could from the outside, also finishing school um, and started doing various marketing jobs. Um, I worked for the Coca-Cola company uh, and did marketing for various brands for them. Um, and then I was networking, networking with anybody I could within the toy industry. You know, who knows where I could have landed up, uh, but eventually connected with Dave Jackson who wound up working most recently for uh, Jazzwares on the AW line. Um, but he, he was at Mattel and he helped me uh, secure an interview. Um, and I came into Mattel as he was, as he was leaving. Um, so that it was pretty cool how it all came together. A lot of hard work, a lot of sacrifice. I moved across the country to yeah. get, you know, to this, this part of the country where there were opportunities like this, whether it was Mattel or, or another entertainment company, um, and did everything I could. And, and fortunately for me, um, it, it came together and, you know, I got this opportunity and I've never looked back. That's great. And you're doing great things as well with, with Mattel. I'm, I'm sure everyone's like very happy that you're a part of the community, part of the whole team in general, you know, you're a very like kind of outspoken guy. Love seeing you in the reveals as many, as much as anyone else, you know, uh, but speaking of reveals, there's a, there's something I think happened a couple of weeks ago. Do, do you know what it was, Steve, by any chance? 
I mean, things are happening every day. Uh, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to give me a hit. Uh, we have elite squad reveals. We have uh, ringside fest. You know, we have tons of stuff happening at all times. I just filmed the next elite squad video yesterday, actually, or was it today? I don't even know anymore. I just filmed the, the latest elite squad video. So yeah. yes, please please remind me if you have something specific in mind. Clue me in. I mean, you know, you can give us a taste here. It's okay of the new Elite Squad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't want you to lose your job. As much as we want the reveals, you know, we'll stay put, stay patient for that. But more specifically, Ringside Fest, which was a couple yes. of weeks ago, there have been uh, like a ton of reveals. We saw a ton of cool new figures coming out, ones that I'm super excited about. So, it, kicking it off, I want to talk about the WrestleMania 38 basics. Uh, because I, there was something there that, that really caught my eye about one of those basics, and that was the Hulk Hogan. Now, the Hulk Hogan showed the old arm articulation that we saw with basics and first started seeing with elites when, you know, that, that was first, uh, you know, coming into fruition as well. Is this the plan going forward with basics to have that old articulation back? Or is it just kind of one off with certain characters? Yeah, unfortunately, it won't be a regular thing. Um, we do try to get it in when we can. And if it makes sense, like if you remember the WrestleMania ring cart figures had the older basic articulation as well. For Hulk specifically, he had um, he had a specific torso with the molded T-shirt. Um, and it just so happened all his parts work together perfectly, right? Like why broke what? Uh, or why why change what is isn't broken so we went with the original formula for that figure you know an original part choices for him uh and it also helps that he's a low deco figure right it's not like he has crazy uh, detail all, all over his trunks uh, or boots or anything um so that all helps with with cost and you know some of that cost was able to go to his articulation um but you know it'll it'll be a select thing like when we can make it happen we'll try to make it happen but really basics as they are now currently um are probably here to stay but we are trying to incorporate swappable heads across you know all elites and all basics so that oh, is wow. a cool way to, that that will be plussing up basics it'll be a slow rollout uh but the the plan eventually is to have all basics and elites and ultimates of course with swappable heads that's great because yeah i'm i i as well as many like a lot of people in the community uh, we used to see a, like a really cool new basic coming out. We'd use it for like part swaps and stuff like that. So the fact that like, you know, the interchangeable heads aren't going on just the elites, but also the basics, I think is a really great move, really smart move. So I'm, I'm very happy with that. Uh, another reveal we saw as well is the ringside exclusive Tommaso Ciampa, which yes. I'm very excited about. And it had sort of, uh, I'd say like a sort of smaller build, like smaller torso. I don't know how to call that in general, maybe the four pack torso, if we will. Uh, and, you know, a lot of, I, I saw online, a lot of people were saying, oh, well, they've made him, you know, with the six pack torso or whatever in the past, what, what's happening here. And you guys listen to them and, you know, change the torso on that. So is that kind of a, like a, oh yeah, we, we have to do this anyway. Cause I feel like with the feedback from the community as well, if something's early into production like that, you know, integrate it, however, however you can make everyone happy. Yeah, it's it's interesting because it's, you know, things like that aren't always as straightforward as one may think, right? Mm -hmm. um, in some instances, it might be uh, Bill did call out, you know, a different type of a torso when he submitted everything to our partners in Asia. And there was, a mis I mean, you're talking about steel tools, massive steel tools, right? And they're, they're looking for the steel tool and, they, and they'll produce something or, or they'll do a prototype with the wrong steel tool. And, you know, things, you know, 
get rolling and things get approved with wrong parts. I mean, there's a lot that can happen, right? That can change the outcome of a, a figure uh, from what it was originally intended. Um, in this case, you know, we were able to get licensor approval for the change. We're able to uh, make, you know, uh, those changes happen with China in time. Um, so, you know, we do, we do hear the feedback. We do catch things ourselves. You know, sometimes by the time you see a photo, we're already in the process of making a change happen. Um, like the, the cane elbow, you know, incident uh, recently, um, you know, the, the steps to correct that were already in motion uh, by the time, you know, people started receiving that figure. Um, so, you know, we, we listen, of course, and we do what we can to change things when we can. Um, it's not always possible, uh, but of course, I'm, I'm very active and, you know, I'm, I'm on social media and I'm on the forums and I'm listening to what's going on. And we're trying to catch these things ourselves as well. So, you know, we can't always fix everything or change everything or something just turns out as we didn't intend. Or maybe there's a purposeful choice that, you know, a Bill or another designer might make. And there's a reason for it, a real reason for it. Um, but I mean, long story short, we, we do listen and we do what we can. Um, it's a, just a complicated business. Yeah, it makes complete sense. Another kind of thing that I saw, it's not, it's more of a minor change than the Tommaso Ciampa, but uh, the Elite 91 Hogan, we saw the renders of it and it didn't have a knee brace. And I, I was kind of like, oh, what's happening there? But we saw recently on the Ringside Fest reveals that Bill showed a, I think it was like a prototype maybe, and it had the knee brace on it as well. And you it's were actually- here. Yeah, let's see it. I think, I think yeah. <laughs> Enhance, editing, enhance, it's okay. We'll do that in post, just completely zoom in on it. <laughs> but uh, was, was that kind of like, oh yeah, we, we got to do this, you know? So that was one where um, it was either me or Rob who caught the knee brace, I think. Um, I think that was a submission and it was just missed initially. And in the yeah. email where it was submitted, I think one of us just replied like right away, like missing the knee pad at the knee pad. So that was like caught right away. Right. But by the time, you know, everything is in motion that renders created and we'll show you guys that stuff, you know, sometimes almost immediately. Um, so there was no time to, to correct that render ahead of time. But yeah, that was that was caught early on. That was one of the cases where something was caught um, before it even became public. Yeah, that's good. Well, you were actually there at that SummerSlam as well, that, that Hulk Hogan. Yeah. From yeah. Hulk, Hulk and Sean. Uh, do you have any stories from that match, seeing it in person? Well, I mean, first of all, let me say that, you know, I think I've told this story. That was the only time I went to wrestling with my mom. Mm -hmm. And she was here last week. And I showed her the figure, right? This one up here. And I was like, do you remember this? She has no recollection of any <laughs> cool. matches of Hulk Hogan, nothing. She knows she went to wrestling with me, but I'm like, well, at least it's special to me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's cool. We get to do these things. And, you know, I thought I was giving my mom a little, you know, a line, but she has no idea. So it's okay. Um, yeah. But as far as the match itself, um, I drew, I was living in Florida at the time and I drove up to the Northeast to, to see that. Um, and, you know, big Hulk Hogan fan as a kid. And, you know, I knew that his time in ring was definitely winding down. His appearances were getting fewer and further between at that point. So I wanted to see, you know, what could be his last hurrah. And it's Shawn Michaels on top of it, right? Like mm -hmm. possibly one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. Um, and, you know, the match itself, wild, uh, you know, Sean, of course, very exaggerated in, in his selling. Um, but I think, you know, just being there and having Hulk come out and, you know, it, it's really to me when when you get to see legendary wrestlers like one more time, it's getting to experience like not so much the in-ring work. Right. Because we, we have a lot of that already. You know, we have 
Peacock and, and WWE Network internationally and YouTube and stuff. So we could watch these guys in their prime. It's it's getting like these personas, you know, one more time. It was Hulk making his entrance, the giant American flag dropping down and him, you know, hitting his signature poses in front of it for his entrance and, and doing the Hulk Hogan things, like seeing that one more time and, and reacting with the crowd um, to everything. I think to me, that's what's important when we see these guys one more time is just getting a taste of, of that character one more time. Um, and, you know, we have the young guys for, for work rate and stuff like that, right? And it's not to say Hulk didn't work hard um, or, you know, veterans don't work hard. Of course they do. Um, but, you know, if we want to see like, you know, a five-star match, like we have, we have young talent to do that. I wanted to see Hulk Hogan pose and I wanted to see him do the points and the comeback and all that stuff. So, yeah. So I got, I got my money's worth that night. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you did. And I think with that Hulk Hogan as well is I grew up watching WWE around that time of Hogan. So like with, with those long tights, you know, and they're like tie dyed red and, and yellow as well, you know? So I, I grew up watching it. So I, I'm, I'm so excited to, to get this figure. Maybe you have to show your mom the, uh, the network and re-show her. Yeah, the I'll, I'll force her to sit through it one more time. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> another one from the reveals as well. Uh, same line as well is, uh, Rob Van Dam. So he recently got inducted into the hall of fame and uh, was that kind of a no-brainer to fast-track a Rob Van Dam into an Elite series? As soon as we uh, got confirmation that we could do Rob again, we we pounced. And, you know, it was determining where to go. You know, that was more the issue because we obviously have several places where he would make sense, right? Whether it's Legends or one of our other lines. Um, so we eventually settled on, on this particular Elite Wave. Um, and there's so many gear choices to choose from so many form factors you know there's the the superstars form factor you know there, there's retros you know so there's there's a lot to do with rob van dam um between gear and form factor so i mean it's it's a blessing to have somebody like him you know ultra popular someone you can do a lot of times that people aren't going to really get tired of um seeing repeats of um i i want as many rob van dams as, as we possibly can get to yeah, me too. The, I think, I believe the first and last Elite of Rob Van Dam was Elite 27 in 2014. And that was one of yep. my most sought after figures. So once I got that, I was like, great, it's in my collection. We get, you yeah. know, we get news of Rob Van Dam being in a, you know, a new Elite series now, like completely blows my mind. I'm so, so glad that that's, you know, into fruition. I, I can't wait for all the different RVDs we get in the future. Maybe an Ultimate Edition, wink, wink. You can't really see me winking, but wink, wink. Uh I hope so. I hope so. You know, that, that line is my baby. So, yeah. and, and RVD is, is super, super popular and, and, you know, obviously collector requested. So I think he would, he would eventually make sense there. Um, and, you know, I do want to address, like, I've seen a lot of comments of the last time RVD was available to Mattel, um, different time, you know, he was available for such a short period of time. And I just don't think the, you know, maybe the team at the time was, was managing, um, timeframes is closely now. So, so now we know, we know our timeframe that we have RVD currently could go longer. Right. Um, but we know our current timeframe and we'll maximize, we'll maximize the usage of him. And I think you're seeing that with, with Hulk as well. Um, we're, we're really making the most of the time we have with Hulk here. Um, because you know, it could go on indefinitely or it could end at the end of that time frame. So we're going to give you guys, uh, as much as we can in the meantime. Yeah, there are a lot of RVD gears to choose from. If you had your way, what would be your ideal like IV, uh, RVD attire to put in Elite Wave? What's your what's your like an attire to you that stands out? 
I would love, you know, ECW one night stand for one. Yeah, it's yeah. very, it's historically significant, of course. And the show was, you know, his match was incredible and the vibe in the venue was incredible. Um, and I would also like to try to get out uh, an earlier ECW era Rob Van Dam, you know, before the, the gear was as complex. Um, there's just like a charm to, to that older gear. And he, he told some of these stories during the ringside fest, uh, YouTube video, but you know, that, that artist improved greatly over time, but you know, the older gear has a lot of charm to it as well. So I think I was looking, there was one, um, I think there was a, a dragon, just a single dragon, like wrapped around him and not much else going on. Uh, that was pretty cool, but there's a lot of like older, simpler gear to choose from as well. And I'd like to at least get one of those out. Mm-hmm. That kind of, this isn't in my notes, but this just came to me. Would there be like, is there a a thought of maybe like an an ECW strong line? Like there's been like NXT lines in the past, like NXT elites. Would there be a thing with ECW elites or would you just integrate them with normal, the normal elite collection? I mean, right now, obviously we'll just integrate, but it just depends on opportunity, right? Like, you know, every, every year there's like a special line at Walmart. Like, you know, this year is, is the WWE Hollywood figures who knows what that will be later. Right. Um, So those things cycle in and out and there's new opportunities every year to explore something different. Um, There's other lines that we want to try to keep around as long as possible, like ultimates and legends. So, you know, when these opportunities arise, um, something as strong and as loved as ECW, of course, floats to the top of our list of a possibility. So, you know, no plans, but, but, you know, never say with something as, as beloved as ECW. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That that's rec- wrapping up the ringside fest kind of side of it. What's, what's your favorite from the reveals of ringside fest? <sighs> I mean, the Hulk, the Hulk was, was very special, of course, yeah. you know, that figure, um, the ultimate edition. I mean, that's another Hulk Hogan figure, but you know, I think the Mr. T specifically, the Hulk yeah. figure is, is great. I think, you know, I haven't seen anything physical yet, but at least the renders it, it's hitting like that masterpiece territory for a Hulk figure. That's but Mr. T scan on Mr. Yep. T is incredible. I love it. Mr. T, Mr. T is, is the Mr. T everybody wanted. Right. And, you know, we knew, we knew that this was coming all along, right. We wanted to do something at comic-con comic-con is an exclusive item. If somebody misses that and missed the WrestleMania one, Mr. T, they would be very upset. Right. So we, we wanted like a mainline widespread type of a release. So that T is going into ultimates here. So I'm really excited to have that Mr. T figure come out. Um, and the, the Rob Van Dam, right? Obviously, we talked about it already, but that's somebody who we've been trying to get back into the line for the longest time. It was really important to to reveal and be seen because, you know, those those new signings are a lot of work on our part. We work with WWE really closely. So it's great to to finally get to, to show you guys the you know, all of our hard work come to life in a figure. And for me, like the the Sammy figure with the Sammy award oh, my is God, super I'm, cool. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like a, a figure of an action figure, basically, because it was just a painted gold Sammy, Sammy Zane figure. Uh, so that that was a lot of fun. And, you know, the way that, that he revealed it, um, I believe it was the day before via the Elite Squad video was really fun, like fully in character and everything. Uh, so so Sammy, Sammy was great. And Sammy delivered uh, during that Elite Squad video. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, great, great to get into that as well. So yeah, that's the ringside fest portion. So, um, so I want to get into kind of like maybe a more serious topic, I guess, than, than the reveals, but, um, you know, the thing with talent is contracts expire. 
uh, people get released, uh, talent gets released and stuff like that. It's always horrible news. But it, it's also the case with sometimes there's an elite coming out and then a talent gets released. What's sort of the game plan when those releases happen? Do you have figures on standby to push into that wave or what kind of happens with that? What's the process? It really depends on the circumstances. Um, well, there are frames built in to account for, you know, releases or, you know, someone suddenly leaving the company or whatever. Um, so you do see instances of, of figures still coming out, you know, regardless, because there are, are, you know, plans in place from a contract standpoint to account for that. Um, if we do have to remove somebody, um, depending on timing, uh, we may have to just do a straightforward reuse slash repaint type of a figure, um, or we can rescue a figure that may have been lost. Um, and I think during at least my time here, we've done a good job of rescuing figures like the Harley race figure, the Jake, the snake figure, a lot of those flashbacks. Um, there are a lot of figures that kind of got lost for various reasons that we were able to bring back. And it was because of opportunities like Right. Um, like there were opportunities that, that came about where we needed something quickly uh, or someone was released and we could plug in existing tooling um, and still present something fresh to you guys. So so really, it's like timing is key. Um, if there's no time to tool something, we'll just pull something you know from existing tooling and try to do a compelling repaint uh, of it, which I mean, I, I, without going into details on the WrestleMania elites, you know, that lineup originally was a lot different uh, when we when we first presented it to WWE for approval. Um, and just due to the nature of the business, it eventually morphed into what you see now, um, which is also a lot of uh, reused tooling in that wave. Well, great. Yeah, it's good to have like those kind of figures as replacement as well. Just completely stand by. Um, so something that blew the internet by storm pardon the pun, <laughs> by Storm, uh, maybe a few months ago, was uh, a crowdfunded new gen ultimate edition arena ring playset, everything, it, which, you know, completely blew me away, blew the whole figure community away. I want to talk kind of about the new gen arena. How did that, come, like, how did that kind of idea come into fruition as well? So we, we've been trying to do something crowdfunded for the longest time, going back to when we showed you the uh, full size, more modern entrance stage at Access and Comic-Con a few years ago. That was really trying to gauge some interest in, in what you collectors thought of a large item like that, uh, get a gauge of, of what you thought about price points, um, you know, the whole nine yards. So we did a lot of exploration based on that. Um, at the same time, Mattel was, was making strides in a direct to consumer platform, which eventually became Mattel creations. Um, so between our research and our due, doing our due diligence and what Mattel was doing, everything came together. There was a right platform now to do it with MattelCreations.com. Um, uh, and now we just needed to finesse what the first item would be out of the gate, um that that entrance stage first of all the one we showed before is now very dated right um so we we couldn't at anymore plus it was incredibly expensive and the tooling was was very very expensive um so we wanted to do something a little bit more reasonable and straightforward um something that was you know kind of widely recognized by people and you know after lots of meetings and discussions we eventually aligned on 
that that neon entrance with a properly scaled ring, both of which were, you know, highly requested um, ahead of us announcing. Um, so now, you know, thankfully, uh, the community came together in a, in a huge way and made it a success. So now we have a brand new fully tooled, uh, properly scaled ring. Um, and everyone who who backed that campaign is going to get that that really awesome entrance, neon entrance. Yeah, it's exciting as well because you have that whole ring, you have the entrance, and you also have, if you got it on the early bird, you got the three ultimate edition figures that come along with it. Doink the Clown, you have Diesel, and also that Macho Man Randy Savage, which I'm very excited for. Uh, were these picks kind of like instantly you knew, oh yeah, let's do Diesel, let's do Doink, or let's do Macho Man? How did these talent, how did, how did these characters come in? into your mind when it when it comes to getting these ultimate editions in this yeah so when so when we create anything whether it's a lineup or an offering uh with multiple figures you want to kind of have some balance there right you want to have your like heavy hitter guys you go to guys like and that would be you know obviously randy and, and diesel your main event level uh talent uh, and then you want to do something that's a little more fans right um and that's that was a great opportunity to to re-explore doing the clown uh, again, Doink wasn't available to us for a while, so he was off, and we knew that he was once again available. So, you know, we wanted to take advantage of this slot and give something special to collectors, and you know, something that we couldn't accomplish um, outside of you know what we would usually do. Like Doink, Doink wouldn't get a mainline Ultimate Edition figure, right? That kind of sticks to to your main event players. Uh, but this was a great opportunity to get someone who would be a great ultimate figure right uh and it was it was the perfect opportunity to to make it happen here so you have it's 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 anchored in your heavy hitters like diesel and macho man and then we, we round it out with a nice uh fan favorite collector demanded doink yeah that's great as well because i think yeah, there hasn't been many doinks so uh yeah the fact because like the new gen arena is sort of like it's a big community, but it's also like a pretty niche community, I feel like. So if you put Doink in there, obviously it's going to sell as well if you're getting the new gen arena in the first place, which is really smart. Um, so speaking of like Ultimate Editions as well, did you come up with Ultimate Editions? Was that, was that your, is this your baby? Yeah, so Ultimate Edition, uh, it's something that I created along with, with Bill McKenna. And, you know, it was kind of born out of... Um, really we had entrance gates at the time right prices were were increasing and entrance gates entrance grates suddenly became a $30 item uh, and i think us internally and and consumers were were not really viewing that as $30 worth of value um, it essentially became the entrance base which was the bulk of the cost along with an elite figure and in the case of like that Kurt angle it was just his medals and as an accessory um and you know I, it just to me didn't look like 30 dollars worth of value anymore same thing for bill very strongly uh felt that way um so we wanted to create something that felt like 30 dollars worth of value that was 30 dollars worth of value uh that catered towards modern collectors um and that you know steered us in the direction of action figure uh, photography and people who like to to display their figures like fully posed out uh, things of that nature. Um, so we explored, you know, relevant accessories like a figure with, you know, uh, all kinds of accessories specific to that character. Um, and just like it, it kept evolving in, until you get what you see now, which was, you know, modern articulation with the butterfly shoulders and the toe articulation and the new app crunch. 
uh, swappable heads, swappable hands. And, and what was really important to us was fully posable entrance gear. Um, so a lot of the entrance gear in the past was just like, you were just stuck in whatever pose the gear was, was molded in. Right. Um, so we wanted to make sure that if you're doing your action figure photography, you can strike all those signature poses, you know, and do your photography as, as, as you would desire. So I think the end result was, was something that people, people in, in social media and action figure photography community really wanted. Um, and, you know, the line, of course, has really taken off. So I think people have really embraced the line. I'm really happy about that. Um, I know what it's all about. They see the possibilities of the line, the possibilities of, of play, our own version of play as adults uh, or older collectors. Um, but, you know, really happy with, with where the line is, is right now and how it's evolved. Yeah. Yeah. Those entrance codes, they've always been great sculpting on those entrance codes or, or something that's like, you know, leather, but it just, you know, on the elites keeps them in place. So the, yeah, that, that's, <laughs> I, I love ultimate editions. They're like, they're like your baby as much as they're mine. Like I, I, I love them so much, but uh, when you first were getting the ideas of the ultimates, were there any kind of worries or oh, maybe this won't sell? Were there any stresses? Maybe we can't get the right tooling for this. Like what was challenging about it? I will say uh, our our VP of design at the time was was very supportive and 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 pushed us a little as far as um, you know being able to to create something new and special. So the tooling was a little bit less of a concern. Um, then I went into, you know, the whole, the whole thought process with, so, you know, with his support, we were able to, to push the limits of tooling and get, and get those new bodies and whatnot there. Um, success. I mean, you know, uh, I, I was fairly confident with the desire for something like that. Right. Cause if you look at like comp products, you're looking at uh, like some of those Japanese import figures that are like 60 to $110, $120 um, that are similar. And it's, it's, it's a hyper articulated figure with swappable hands and swappable heads. So for $30, it felt like this was a great value. And, you know, it did take a little time for like a true explosion in popularity of the line. Um, but I think out of the gate, the people who were supposed to get it, got it. Um, and, else eventually jumped on board it just took a little bit of of time and getting used to something new and something different yeah and speaking of ultimates one that i'm really excited about is the degeneration x triple h amazon exclusive that's coming i think maybe early next year who knows but uh one as well that that comes to mind is one i got recently which is the jeff hardy amazon exclusive ultimate edition but a lot of people couldn't get there jeff hardy's on time there, there was something messing with the distributor i guess um what was can you kind of brief what was happening with with all that and how you guys came to the conclusion how to fix it and, and etc and stuff like that so we originally intended jeff and hulk to have pre-order in comic-con like go live roughly around the time of the panel it didn't work out right uh there's a lot of coordinating with a lot of different people going on and, and multiple retailers that wasn't the only pre-sale that was scheduled to happen. And, you know, it just didn't, they didn't go live when they were supposed to. Um, I believe they may have went up earlier and then came down and then gone up and down again several times thereafter. Um, so, you know, we really just tried to communicate with, with, you know, our partners um, who handle Amazon 
um, and try to get to a solution. And eventually we were able to, to come to an agreement to do another production run of those figures, which is why you had that, that pre-order, I believe in August um, for those figures. Once again, um, it can be complicated sometimes, you know, um, it, it's not, it's not, you know, me and Bill and the rest of the Mattel team sitting in a room and, and hitting the button for go for pre-order. There's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of coordinating that goes on and, and people who have lots of responsibilities, right? I mean, think of how huge Amazon is and then think of, you know, I, obviously I love WWE it's, it's a huge part of my life and important to me. But when you think about everything that is Amazon and everything that they carry, and then what WWE, you know, two WWE figures, um, you can see how maybe sometimes things get lost in the shuffle. And unfortunately, they did at that time. Um, but I will say, you know, based on those learnings and the conversations, I think the Ultimate Warrior and Triple H pre-orders um, went a lot smoother. Warrior was available for a really long time and Triple H still has uh, some inventory. Um, so I think, you know, there were some growing pains, but it got to a good place in the end for the next two figures. Um, and I think at least with the case of, of Hulk, I think a lot more people were able to um, acquire him that really wanted him and to a lesser extent, Jeff mm -hmm. as well. Great. Yeah, great news. Glad you guys are doing more like, you know, runs of the Jeff and Hulk for people who miss it. That's fantastic. Uh, I've got something here. I don't know when I wrote this, but it says Nick Storm figure when. So can you can you touch on any of that? I don't want to leak anything. Maybe it's in the Elite Squad reveals. Who know? But when's the, when's maybe, the Nick Storm Elite coming? Maybe it's a fan vote, right? It's a yeah. fan vote uh, and you have to choose your your favorite social media or internet personality. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was, I was getting comments because I did a, a thing swipe up if you have any questions for Steve. And a few people actually said, are they going to be like YouTuber lines? It, so how, how kind of possible is that? I mean, for, for actual uh, non-WWE personalities, I don't know. You know, I have been trying to find ways to get more referees out. Uh, but you know, and other, you know, backstage personalities, maybe that's a way, maybe there's a way to get, you know, other people's heads on referee bodies or something. So yeah. never say never. It, it seems unlikely, but never say never. Nick storm, elite referee, elite 100, looking out for <laughs> just kidding. Um, but, four, four per case. <laughs> I'm getting all of them. I'm getting, I don't, don't bother. I'm getting all of them. But, uh, apart from. Uh, Mattel and everything like that. What are some other lines that you do enjoy collecting? Uh, Marvel Legends, Star Wars, the Black Series, Masters of the Universe. Um, I was a big Masters Classics fan uh, when that was available in Maddie Collector. And now I, I pick up the Origins and Masterverse figures. Um, Thundercats, a lot of Super 7 uh, figures. Thundercats, they're doing Silverhawks. Uh, G.I. Joe, I mean, I could probably list just about anything, you know, I, I was a child of the 80s. So, you know, that was like the big boom of action figure properties. And of course, you know, going into the 90s with Ninja Turtles and stuff. So, um, you know, I love a little bit of everything and I probably collect a probably, you know, too much, but it is, it is what it is. It helps it me, it helps me in my, in my day to day, you know, uh, work. I know, you know, oh, well, you know, another company did this style figure. Uh, so maybe we can try that or, or, you know, it's very helpful. It's very helpful to have this, you know, kind of encyclopedia of, of toy knowledge, uh, and toys in hand for me to pull from and, and, and check out and show on camera now that we're doing this virtually. That's cool. So do you grab like, 
kind of influence and inspirations from other lines when it comes to maybe articulation or oh this comes with this maybe we can try doing like that with the wwe line oh absolutely right you know that's the benefit of of buying other lines is you get to see that stuff firsthand and see the innovations that are happening um you know back way back when the elite line started it, it was pretty much you know state of the art at the time of course you know marvel legends toy biz went wild with articulation right yeah. uh but as far as like industry st- standard went um elites were, were pretty standard um but you know there, there's lots of things that you know swappable parts um and, and you see you see the competition doing the same thing um i saw i, I can't say that they from us but i was like well you know it's similar to what we did right so i'll take that as a great compliment there was a marvel legends figure with swappable arms to do like um jacketed arms i think recently um and that's straight out of like you know what we do with ultimates and what we did with our our mean gene flashbacks figure um so you know i think i think we all inspire each other in this industry um and we're all friendly too which is cool on top of it so you know it's 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 really fun and and on the inside and there's a lot of fans who love toys um and we all buy stuff and, and spend too much money and it inspires us and makes the product better yeah what is it rising tides lift all shifts lift all boats that's, is that the thing? that's what i say that's what i say hey, i mess it up a lot <laughs> so, i'm glad i got it right first go let's go but uh yeah you, you mentioned uh, master of the universe and how you were a fan of them uh maybe growing up collecting them and stuff like that how uh, was it for you to kind of integrate the WWE superstars into the Masters of the Universe? Um, it was one of the first things I suggested. We had um, zombies at the time. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And we just wanted to keep doing like it was called trade up. It was our trade up assortment. It was uh, a price tier higher than basics um, and a little bit different. Um, and we explored a bunch of different things. And I was like, why don't we do this mashup? And then Dave Vonner at the time, he's like, let me show you something. And he showed me what he and his team had already been working for. And it was all these concepts of, of WWE superstars mashed up with Motu characters. Um, and I think we showed some of those during our PowerCon panel a few years ago, some of those early, early sketches. And I heard through the grapevine, like that was part of like the year one when we were, you know, Mattel was, was kind of pitching like we could do a Motu mashup, right? Motu is ours. We can mash that up. It's perfect. Just took a while for the stars to align. Um, in light and be allowed to do it right but the idea was kind of always there floating around um then um billy who was working on our team at the time he was the one who actually got um you know management approval and went through that process and managed a line for i think the first wave or so um and then i took over and you know have had the honor to work with bill benicky legendary bill benicky who's done you know dc universe classics and, and so many other like um you know important important collector lines and kids lines um and we've, we've had a blast you know robert rudman a lot of input with his his comic books and the Rob, copy on packaging and yeah and great great ideas for the line as well and you know working with our partners at wwe um it, it's it's been great like i don't know creatively how we're gonna ever like have this kind of satisfaction again it's cool to to mimic what we see in content of course like to recreate a, a a figure of what a superstar looks like in real life but it's it's a different creative element where you're taking two things you love and like taking various elements from them and, and making something really fun that was that master's line that's cool yeah that's really fun to hear um going kind of back to elites and 
and sort of the WWE and Mattel partnership. Um, I kind of want to get into a question. It's like, uh, have there been figures that came out that you weren't expecting to be as good as they they did coming out? Like the final product, was it, were there ones that were like, oh, wow, that's actually really good. I didn't think it was going to be like going into production, seeing the render or something like that and vice versa. Was there a figure that came out that you just weren't happy with that maybe you corrected in a future line? Um, hmm. That's tough because, I mean, there is so much, right? I mean, yeah. especially the fact that, you know, we're working from home. I'm getting multiple samples sent to me and it's like I am drown, drowning in toys now. It's like a blessing and a curse. So it's it's hard to keep track of, of a lot of that stuff. And really, it's just like once you do it and it's done and you can't affect anything anymore, you mentally move on to the next, you know, I, of course, have favorites. I mean, you know, you said elites, but as an ultimate, like the Brock Lesnar really surprised me. Oh, yeah. I knew that that Brock Lesnar should have an ultimate. On paper, it didn't seem that exciting, right? Like he doesn't have flashy entrance gear. We're not going to do the swappable arms, reposable entrance gear, you know, no, no crazy deco. But like in hand, that figure was unbelievably cool. Like just a big, bulky, chunky figure with the added posability. So it's like sometimes things like that, it's like just like, you know, you don't even realize how cool it's going to be until you get it in hand. You know, you know, you have to do it, you know, it's going to be good, but then it's like really great when you get it in hand. Um, and then other things, you know, sometimes things just don't work out, whether it's like a head sculpt or something. Um, and it, it doesn't turn out as intended. I think maybe that Mick Foley, that WrestleMania Mick Foley, um, when we ideated it and the, we saw the first renders, it was looking good. And then final production, it just didn't turn out as intended, you know, and, and you can't, you can't stop the presses and not put out the WrestleMania wave. Cause, cause you know, it wasn't exactly a hundred percent, you know, as you creatively envisioned. Um, so, you know, you, I think with our next Mick Foley, the, the ECW ringside cactus Jack, I think we nailed it. I think we more than made up for it with that figure. And, you know, that's all we can do is, is say, okay, we missed this one. We learned from it and we're just kind of going to try to make it better next time. So jumping into some fan questions, Steve, are you happy to answer some by, by the Yes, fans? of course. The Stormhouse. Of course. Cool. <laughs> Let's grab some up. So you guys sent over some questions over on Instagram at Next Storm Review. So first questions come from Black Wolf Garage 96 and he says, will we ever see more ECW elites in the future? Maybe even Ultimate Editions. You know, it comes down to talent rights at the time. We're always... I mean, weekly, we have weekly meetings where we discuss um, legendary talent with WWE. So as they become available to us, um, we will definitely incorporate them into the line. Uh, there are several, you mentioned Cactus Jack, Rob Van Dam, we'll continue to do as much as we can with those talents. Um, we have titles that are available to us that we've been, you know, slowly releasing, you know, especially uh, in recent memory. Um, so we're going to push for more, of course. Um, and as they become available, we're going to make the most out of, you know, those new talent acquisitions. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much for that question. Next question comes from WSC underscore stage underscore creator, aka stage creator. Shout out Nathan. And he says, Will we ever see some modern day playsets for crowdfunding, like a real scale ring uh, or a cell or even a chamber or something like that? I, I think that was the plan, right? Like prove that crowdfunding works, right? We made it happen. And now who knows what can happen next with that? We have the ring tooled up. I don't want to 
crowdfund a ring again. Like if we need to do a ring, we can offer that, you know, maybe elsewhere through another retailer or something. Um, but maybe there's a play set, maybe there's a hell in the cell or, or steel cage or elimination chamber or a modern entrance or something. So yes, absolutely. The plan is to explore everything we can with, with properly scaled um, play sets, entrances, um, et cetera. Cool. So yeah, so entrance stages and stuff like that are definitely on the yep. on the kind of idea list. Cool. They're on the to-do oh, list. Yeah. There you go, guys. Now you can stop whinging. All right. There you go. <laughs> Next question comes from Boy Stratos. And uh, pretty much what they're saying is how possible is like, you know, cloth accessories to be uh, sort of like consistent and, and maybe just like outdo rubber accessories in the future? Uh, I don't think it's possible because you have to balance your cost of a particular wave, you know? So if everyone just came with soft goods, like it just wouldn't be sustainable. Right. So we're going to do as much as we can when we can, but it just, you know, you have to be selective. You have to hit, you have to hit cost. You have to have a profitable line at the end of the day um, and soft goods with every single figure instead of, you know, other accessories or plastic accessories, you know, it just, it, it's not doable, unfortunately, but, you know, we, we will include soft goods. I mean, I think it's, it's preferred by a lot of collectors, of course, it's preferred by a lot of us, but, you know, we just have to make things work, you know, and it is what it is. Yeah. So for what ultimate editions are, so we can kind of ex uh, expect more like rubber accessories with the ultimate editions. Cause there, there is like a lot of sculpting that goes into those as well. Yeah. That, I mean that, you know, Bill, Bill in a lot of his Q and A's, like when he makes decisions as well, you know, cost of course is a factor, but then you have to think of the design elements of, of what would be soft goods. Right. Mm -hmm. And an edge jacket. I mean, some of his jackets, especially the newer, newer jackets are incredibly elaborate. Um, and that might not necessarily translate well to, to soft goods. So, you know, that, that's something else you have to consider on top of the cost factors. I guess I expose myself as a real Mattel marketer by talking about costs only first. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the design elements, of course, you, you have to take that into consideration. I remember like, you know, uh, I, I don't remember the specific figure, but I remember going to Bill and say, Hey, you know, could we please try to do this in soft goods instead? And he just, he just showed me the details. He's like, we just, can't we can't make this happen and it's going to look much better um in plastic and and he was right it is much better in plastic you get those great sculpted details so it is once again it is what it is we're going to make the best out of it we'll try to make informed decisions uh, and maybe it's a balance maybe you know i'll use hulk hogan as an example again maybe this upcoming elite hulk hogan figure has a plastic shirt um but that just gives us an opportunity later for for more hulk hogan's and, and we'll try to get a soft good shirt with them down the line great thank you so much for submitting that question uh next question i think we have two coming in from alex west collects and he says oh that guy oh that, that <laughs> I'm little kidding, guy I'm kidding i love him he's <laughs> uh, it's a hulkamaniac like you and i steve but uh he, he asks can you explain the process for body part choices is cost a factor uh cost is a factor tooling cost is a factor right um so we have a tooling budget for the year so if we you know, let's just say a character like the fiend comes along, right. Who is all new tooling. Um, and we weren't expecting it. Um, we might have to reshuffle some things around and change plans. Cause you have to do that new character, you know, and they do demand those new parts. So, I mean, the tooling plays a role, but I don't think like actual cost of the figure, like producing the figure, I don't think that 
affects body part choices um, as much. I think it's just compatibility because not all parts are compatibility or are, are compatible, um, or at least that's what you know the, our partners, our engineer partners, you know, might tell us. There, I know some customizers make things work, um, but um, you know there there might be compatibility issues with assembly. Uh, there might be issues with with finding older tooling. You know, I know people say some this exists, this exists. The tooling might not exist anymore. Right, like some of that stuff that they're referring to is is over ten years old at this point, so it just might be be gone at this point. So you know, it, it's is the tool available? Do we need to tool something new? Uh, are the parts compatible? Um, licensor considerations. A licensor can say, hey, you know, the, this guy doesn't have enough abs. Give him more abs, and and we have to do it. Right. So, you know, there, there's a lot to consider there um, when when developing and, and choosing part choices for particular figures. Yeah. And uh, Alex also goes on to say, why are some torsos chosen when better options are available? Example, the Elite 91 Hogan with the Hall of Fame torso. You know, I can't get into specifics on that because obviously I'm I'm not the, the designer. So I don't know why. I don't know if it's if it's, you know just choice uh maybe bill thinks that's the better build for um you know uh, hogan towards the end of his career um I, I have seen some comments people wanted the the younger hogan torso for him i don't fitting i don't think that's particularly perfect of a choice either um so you know bill bill made his choices there and i don't know if there was anything deeper you know from a, a hulk hogan approvals perspective or a parts uh, availability perspective you know I don't have that insight because, you know, I'm not involved every step of the way with design um, could just be Bill's choice period. Right. You know, not to throw him under the bus, but, you know, he has to make these decisions and and maybe he he just thinks that's the best choice, you know, but if, if Alex or anybody else thinks there's a better choice by all means there, you know, I'll probably see it and, you know, we can at least talk about it on our end. You know, it might not happen. There might be a reason use that torso i don't know but i love hearing everyone's opinions and, and and input on on how to better the figures great yeah thank you alex for putting that in and yeah you brought up bill mckenna maybe uh you know you can put in a good word for me you can come on, <laughs> come on you can come on to chatting up a storm who, who knows? i think he's quite happy um you know being at home working from home and and hiding hiding uh, and just making his action figures and doing his japanese puzzles <laughs> yeah. as any sane man would let's be honest exactly exactly yeah. uh and last question here comes from alflex underscore collector and they ask are there any existing toolings that can be remade to be improved i think this is another bill question uh he goes on to say knee pads slash titles slash torsos etc I think you would just need something all new, right? Um, you would just need to retool something instead of like changing something. So if there's something existing that we need to fix, of course we want to fix it. Um, you know, a head or something that's problematic, but maybe at, at, at its base, like there's something there that could be salvaged. Maybe you re-sculpt it and do a new tool of it. Maybe some titles can use some revamping. Um, myself in particular, I would love a new winged eagle title. Um, but you know, we'll see, of course, once again, tooling budgets have to be considered there, right? Do we use that to tool a new winged eagle title or does the, the character get a new head, right? Or does he get a new entrance jacket or something? So we need to be smart about that. Um, but if there's a true problem, yes, of course we want to fix it and, and improve the, the tooling. 
Great. Thank you guys so much for, for submitting those questions. You can find me at Nick Storm Review on Instagram if you want to submit questions in the future for a future guest. Uh, that kind of brought me to, I don't know, I was kind of thinking of like the personalities, like YouTube personalities being figures and stuff. What's the possibility of maybe a Steve Oza figure or a Bill McKenna figure? Well, there's... <laughs> Bill, Bill's figure made it onto a poster already. Um, he he yeah. got an anniversary figure as, as Bill as a referee. Um, oh, yeah, so, I remember that, actually. I yep, think. yep. So he yeah. has one. So I think he's satisfied. I'm not going to fight if somebody wants to put my head in an action figure as, as a referee or security guard or someone selling popcorn. I'd be happy. Um, but, <laughs> you like know. A, a Comic-Con exclusive three-pack, you, uh, <laughs> Bill, Rob, <laughs> boom. Seller right there. We, we need an A-lister in there, like uh, like you know, maybe Gargano from the Elite Squad to, <laughs> to actually sell some units. Um, you know, I, I think you do see it from time to time. And I know, you know, I think yeah, I mentioned Scott Knightlick, or maybe that was just between you and I personally, but you know, I'm I'm a, a fan of, of what Scott did back in the day, and he was very innovative and he, you know, he got ahead on an action figure, and I know he got some grief. Uh, about that um but it's it's pretty common you know a lot of the gi joe old gi joe figures were, were based on the sculptors uh, i know uh, my good friend david vonner has a few figures with his likeness on it just kind of happens when you need someone generic you know you might as well just instead of just making up a face you just okay i can use my own face or i can use one of my co-workers faces and it's free and we'll do it and it's like a little homage to the hard work that we do so i'm not going to fight it uh, I don't, it's not something I push for, you know, to not seem like I have a huge ego or something. But if, if someone said, Hey, Steve, we, we need to scan you for something real quick. I'm not going to say no to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Cause we brought up like, you know, referee figures or something like that, having like your likeness or my likeness or something like that. I believe right. uh, squared circle toys has their like kind of crowdfund, uh, you know, kind of backstage things yep. going on. And I believe Dan is actually like, you know, one of the, uh, the like yellow staff yep. guys, which is kind of cool. And uh, yes. a little little Easter egg there, which is really cool. But yeah, thank you again, guys, for sending in all those questions. Let's let's plug Dan. Yeah. Let's plug Dan. Let's plug Dan. Dan is Dan is great. He does a lot of great work in this industry. He's an unsung hero of of wrestling figures for sure. Um, you probably own tons of his work already, and you just don't even know it. Um, and and these figures are something. I mean, I know I get tons of questions about you know more referees or security guards or world building type figures. So it's like, please support you know Dan's Kickstarter. Um, I posted in my stories links to it all the time. Do you have his account info? The, the I do, circle? yeah. I'm, I'm actually going to put it in the in top thing in the description to make yep, sure yep. it gets campaigned because I want it so bad. Yeah, so. please check out that campaign. Follow Squared Circle Toys. Um, give Dan some love because it's what a lot of us have asked for and now's, now's our chance, right? And these, these Kickstarter executions are great great ways to make things happen that we never thought were possible before. So, you know, you know, check that out at the very least uh, and consider it because, you know, I, I for one would love to, to have an arena set up with legit security guard figures and classic referees and modern referees and the whole nine yards. Cool, great. Yeah, that again will be in the link in the description. Go follow uh, Squared Circle Toys on Instagram and all the social medias. But Steve, I want to thank you so much for doing this again. Really wish you could be in person sometime. I'm, uh, you know, I may hopefully make my way down to um, the US and A maybe next year, year after. So hopefully we get to, I get to see you at a ringside fest or, or a Comic Con or something like that. WrestleMania is going to be in Hollywood pretty soon. So maybe, oh, maybe yeah. that's your moment. There it is. That's my Hollywood moment right there. WrestleMania exactly. moment even. Yeah. But uh, yeah, th again, thank you for coming on here, spending your hour with me through all the internet issues. We got it. We got there in the end. But uh, yeah, th thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate your time. 
My pleasure. Anytime. Sweet. So where can they find you? We'll roll out the red carpet. Where can they find you on socials and everything like that? Where do you want to be found? On Instagram at action figure attack on Twitter, action fig attack. Uh, and on the, the ringside forums, of course, there's a Q and a with me, which I check frequently, um, and answer as much as I, you know, possibly can without getting in trouble. Sweet. Awesome. Again, Steve, thanks for coming on. All right. Thank you. See you next time. Bye-bye. And then we end it. Yeah. Woo! Australian.